guy, Kieran's a guy, and they're the albums. Hello, and welcome back to the uh, newest episode of The Albums. I'm Kieran. And I'm Declan. And I think the universe really did not want us to record another episode this week. It did not. This no. is our, I think, third time trying to uh, record this. Yeah. What I found when I've been scheduling stuff with Declan is that he is very optimistic when things will end. A lot of times, <laughs> I like when the first time he invited uh, my roommate and I, Phil, to go see a gospel uh, performance right before <laughs> Christmas, and I'm in like sweats and wearing this like Baja drug rug, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, we can just go. No one cares what you're wearing, and you know, it'll be like we'll be in and out like 30 minutes tops." It was an hour and a half. So I'm sitting there with all these people around me in like suits and ties watching this, you know, group that's been practicing like for formal, months. Very yes. Choir yeah, yeah, religious as well. So, you know, it has another layer of guilt on top of that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Phil and I did not know what you had signed up for. And then um, pretty much every time, uh, the first time we tried to record this podcast, he was like, yeah, I'm doing a tour, but, uh, you know, I'll be out like five o'clock. You know, I can probably even get out early. You know, it'll be fine. I go, okay. It's like 510. I'm in the studio calling him and he's not answering. I'm like, what the heck? And he's like, oh, sorry, I got out late. And then today he's like, yeah, I have a meeting. It should end at five, but uh, I can I get out early. I like 505. I thought I was going to get out <laughs> well, early. Well, you still yeah. say, oh, yeah, I can probably, like, you always just go, yeah, I can probably get, you, you, you'll, <laughs> you'll say the ending time and go, I can probably get out early. And then. And now and I think I, now I think you have no late. evidence supporting that you can get out early. You just want to say that you can, which I appreciate. But at this point, I'm just going to ignore it whenever you say that. Yeah. But either way, I'm happy to be back yeah. behind the microphone. You know, ho- hopefully this by the time this episode comes out, we're on Spotify, so we don't have to force people to download the crusty SoundCloud app. Yeah. To listen to us. Yep. Yeah, well, that's funny you brought up that story. My my parents were on campus the other day, and I was I was talking to them about that. And I was they're like, I can't believe you roped in Kieran and Phil to go to that. And I was like, Yeah, they uh, <laughs> they did not want to go, and I will not go in the future. Even uh, though it was very good. I mean, it was I, very good, but I, I definitely I, want to be prepared for it. You know, I was in the middle of like doing some like homework or something, and I was like, oh, I, I can take a half hour break. You know, quick uh, mental yeah. <laughs> mental thing, and then it's like nine o'clock, and we're coming out, and I go, Oh, whoa. Yeah, we were like falling asleep during that. Time. Yeah. I think this week, or yeah, this past week, has been. I've I've experimented with a lot more music. I've I've started listening oh, yeah. to a lot, a lot more different things, including the album that I will be giving you later. I'm not going to spoil that, but for example, so the Grammys were I think last week was week oh, maybe two weeks two, ago two two weeks yeah. ago now, and I saw people talking about how Lana Del Rey should have gotten album of the year for her. Uh, Norman fucking Rockwell album yeah. and you know I've always written off Lana Del Rey as you know some so <laughs> some yeah some girl thing uh, but then I decided to I was said you know what if this uh, this Instagram page that I follow that was uh, I respected their opinions enough and I'm you know I'm pretty sure the the uh, graph yeah. demographic of that group is mainly male and they're all agreeing with this I said oh well I mean not that I say that it's like I only respect male opinions. <laughs> no, but I was like, you know, if they're if they if they have yeah, similar backgrounds to me and they enjoy the music, I'll give it a shot. I listen to it and I really like it. Very, yeah, definitely not a happy album at all, but very sad and very different than what you hear nowadays. I'd say, especially that the album definitely did not come off as what I had stereotyped her as as all. You know. Yeah, I had some background with Lana Del Rey. I'd listened to a couple of her songs. I probably had listened to all of her albums, but. Mm-hmm not really paying much attention but i really really enjoyed her um, most recent album i you had told me yeah, about yeah it. and then i listened to probably three times in a row um and one of the really cool things that you told me to listen to is while you're walking around campus listen to it mm-hmm. because while it has nothing to do with architecture it feels so much different when you're looking at all the big buildings on campus yeah yeah and you're feeling the cold like wind breeze mm-hmm. it's really it's really a trip um, yeah i would recommend going on a walk <laughs> and listening to the album beyond that so put a pin in that a band that i keep mentioning i think i don't know if on this podcast but on our radio show i think i've brought it up at least once and i've tried to sneak in one of their songs into our set list so far maybe i'll get it on this week but beach bunny I've mentioned them a couple times. Yeah. Have you listened to them at all? I had not. I've not. Yeah. To them. So there's some. I know. I looked at their Wikipedia page. I I'll can't. I can take a random guess. So beach bunny is like a California term for people that are for girls that spend all their times on the beach. You know, back in the '60s mm-hmm. when that was a thing. 
I'm sure it's a little thing, but a very 60s phrase. And it's a very very garage rock sound, and I really like it. And it has a female singer, which I've really gotten into over the past couple of years, you know, with Greeting Committee and Lana Del Rey. And so she... So they have the female singer and then also has steel. So it's a very basic guitar and solos. And they had like a hit single with prom queen, which is, you know, a song about she's like, I'm not your, you know, average, you know, your stereotypical, you know, attractive girl. Because she, the whole group is very funny. If you look up, yeah, group photo, they look, it's a very motley crew of them uh, (laughs) because it's, none of them look like the stereotypical rock and rollers, but the music is so good. And, you know, it's, it's. I think they definitely perpetuate that. And, you know, the way she cuts her hair and dyes it, and I think the other people aren't, you know, they're not trying to pretend to be anything that they aren't, but they can still just make great music. And awesome. their first full-length album came out on Friday, on Valentine's Day. Oh, no So that's way. what I've been listening to these past couple of days. I, a, a girl in my hall and I, we both are fans of them. And so I told her that the new album was dropping, and she's like, oh, my gosh. And that Friday night, I was walking by the bathroom, and I heard it blasting in the showers. <laughs> so she was uh, definitely enjoying it. That's awesome. But... Yeah, so that's something that I, I want to listen to more, and hopefully uh, we can see some of that on our radio show later. Yeah, I'd be down. Um, um, do you want to hear a fun fact about me? I would love to hear a fun fact about you. Uh, I was prom king. Oh, no way. Yeah. I was on a, I was on prom court. I did not get... We don't... My, my school uh, doesn't do king or queen anymore because someone got elected to queen, and apparently some did not uh, agree with that decision, and they took a chair off the floor and threw it at her. Oh, my god. And gosh. that was about probably... Two or three years before I was there, so That's crazy. Uh, kind of a shame. We still do homecoming king and queen because on that dance floor there are no chairs. But <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, funny. but congratulations! Did you uh, did you have a date? And were you? I so king I queen? my girlfriend at the time, uh, now ex girlfriend, uh, we were together, but she did not get queen. It was actually one of my my best friends from home, like oh. a very good friend of mine. Okay, which was, yeah. which was cool. My but, girl, my. <laughs> Yeah, well, the thing was that I did not expect at all to yeah, win yeah. Prom King, <laughs> and then it happened, which was Yeah, that's cool. awesome. It was hilarious because my girlfriend at the time was trying so hard to be, she wanted to be homecoming on Homecoming Court, and then because that's the one where you get King and Queen. Of course, she wanted us to be Homecoming King and Queen, and then we didn't get on court at all, either of us. Uh-huh. So, and no one that's on Homecoming Court can be on Prom Court. I'm pretty yes. sure that's, uh, yeah. you know, standard, but she was, you know, super... Super angry, super into it. And I was like, you know, if it happens, that happens. And then prom comes around. And so we're like, of course, since we didn't get homecoming, we're going to try to get, you know, now that the other six top couples and people are out <laughs> of the running, we probably have a much better shot. And so we campaigned and we put things on our uh, social media. And then I got it and she didn't get it. Oh, and so no. she was very upset about that. And, you know, I felt very bad. But I mean, it was. All, I thought it, I could see the humor in it much earlier than that, she can. That is she could. very funny. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was definitely a definitely a fun experience, and it was like because yeah, the voting for the girls and the guys I think were definitely skewed. Like people, yeah. it be there weren't as many guys that stood out. You know, with girls, every single girl is trying for it. And for me, since I had such a good you know campaign with that i was like oh i have this girlfriend <laughs> you know <laughs> that wants yeah. to go i was like this court. girlfriend that's really campaigning of course so they would vote for both of us but the thing is, is that the girls probably had more people consolidated voting but guys yeah. it was probably spread out because the guys would vote for themselves and like their five closest friends but since yeah. i had this extra little boost i got on the court i don't know in what rank i was probably in like i think it was out of six or probably five but mm. enough about us reliving the glory days of high school let's move in to the albums who yeah. went first last time did you go first don't remember at all. You want to rock, paper, scissors for it? Yeah, sure. All right. Oh, let's just oh, wait, say it. Okay. You have to say rock, it. Okay. And I won't do the opposite like we did the last time where I messed it up. Too. Okay, okay, okay. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, we don't do shoot? Okay, we're going again. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot, paper. Okay, okay, so you win. Okay, great. I, <laughs> that is definitely the worst way to do rock, paper, scissors. So I'll go first. Let me say, I really did not like this album at first. When I first listened to it, I was Wait, not... Wait, what was the album? Oh, good catch. The album I had to listen to was Joy Division's Unknown Pleasures, which came out in a year. Uh, 1979. I just looked it up. Yeah, that's what I thought. So 1979. I really, I really didn't like it at first. It definitely grew on me some. I don't think... So what my general idea for this album is... And I, I feel really bad because I know you're a big fan of them. And I know I yeah. know so many people, you know, I see so many people talk oh, yeah, about them yeah. and I have shirts about the, it and really like it. My kind of opinion for it is that 
and I know so many other bands have been influenced by them, and they've like led like sort of a bit yeah, of yeah, yeah. Uh, a bit of a revolution. I don't know if that's no, no, too strong I, of a word I, to I, use. I, I understand what you're saying, yeah. But what I see it as is they did like the building blocks. Like they started this idea. They started. They were experimental. They got things that sounded weird, sounded off, and inspired things to then be built upon that. Mm-hmm. And I do enjoy all the things that have been built upon it. But I don't know if I specifically would go back and listen to this, you know. Yeah, yeah. I am. I am excited to start talking about this because yeah. Joy Division is like one of my favorite bands, yeah. and I I think their next album is better mm-hmm. than this one because they only sense. have two, right? They only have two. Yeah. And, and I started I, to do I, some. Did you do how much research did you I do? I did because uh, I want. I knew that the lead singer had uh, killed himself, so I did a lot of research on him. You know, reading this Wikipedia page. Yeah. And then I did a all, another good amount. Uh, I did a precursory amount on the band itself because, you know, it seemed kind of short because, you know, they were only together for a little bit for two albums and it became New Order. But, like, I saw that they founded the band when they went to, like, a Sex Pistols concert. Yep. And then I said, when I started reading more about the, uh, what was it, Ian Curtis? That's his name? Yeah, Curtis. When I started reading more about him, because first when I was feeling bad about this album, I didn't really like it. I felt kind of guilty because I was like, oh, I don't want to, like, say so many bad things about this album, especially because this guy like killed himself, and you know, I felt like I was bullying a guy that was already <laughs> dead. You know, I, I didn't. Yeah, yeah. And, I what you're saying. and then when I looked it up, I started seeing kind of his history, and honestly, I don't vibe with him that much. I don't yeah. think I, I don't think I like him as a person. I yeah. I, well, we'll talk about that because yeah. you're probably going to take back those words. Um. Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, I just saw the stuff about like his affair and things, and like the way he treated his wife, and you yeah. know, I, I for a certain, and I saw he had health conditions and was like depressed, but I didn't. I, yeah. I felt like he you know, definitely chose a life that was going to keep him unhappy and keep others around him yeah. unhappy and wasn't acting. Do you want to, um, do you want to just talk about it right yeah, now? Yeah, sure. Let's okay. get out of the way. So you know? I threw you into a bit of a ditch with this album because be, right after that last podcast we made, we decided we probably should do less research. So it's less, the podcasts are more manageable. Yeah. And that album and especially Joy Division in general is one that you need to do a lot of research mm-hmm. into. Um, but the one thing that I like to talk about is, and I bet this this might not have come up, but um, so Ian Curtis, when he was right be- during the time of beginning of Joy Division and right before, he worked in a hospital designed for people with severe epilepsy. Mm-hmm. So one of the songs, which I bet we'll talk about, is She's Lost to Control Again. Yeah, And yeah. a lot of it has to do with a woman who's diagnosed with epilepsy. And during epilepsy, especially severe epilepsy, you lose control of your body. And a lot of the other songs have general riffs into that area of lossing, loss of control and uh, lack of hope and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And the reason why, do you know why Ian Curtis killed himself? Or um, I saw it like his wife was trying to divorce him. and That's not correct. So the reason is, it would, it's it, in the round of the same time, so that's why it makes yeah, sense. Yeah. But um, so Ian was, he worked in the hospital for people with severe epilepsy and right before the time about the time that he killed himself he found out that he was going to have the same exact epilepsy it had run like in his family and and to some Mm -hmm. extent and he had seen all this pain and suffering that happened with it and at that point it was so horrible for him to go on tour that he could barely go on tour yeah yeah I saw things about that and it was because of his epilepsy and his epilepsy was so bad and he had seen where the epilepsy went with his music and all a lot of his music is because of that lack of hope Mm. and that's why he killed himself is because he didn't see a way out of it and the coolest thing I, I find about the way he was just a musician and especially just the band in general is you can feel that when you listen to a lot of their songs there's mm-hmm. such well it's so clear to see what he's talking about with like the epilepsy with she's lost control again it's very 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 clear uh well not very very clear i'm sorry it's the opposite it's not very clear but knowing that side you can see it in a lot of songs and there's a really cool part that's shown. There's a movie, and we should probably watch it with Phil. Um, it's called 24-Hour Party People, and it's not based around Joy Division, but it's about, like, the guy that was in charge of Joy Division and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't really know the basis of it, but I listened to a documentary that kind of coincides with the movie. And one of the crazy things is that its second album came out after or after he was in the hospital. I don't know if he had to- passed away yet. 
Yeah. But they're in they're all in a cab. It's like all the rest of the guys from the band and someone's like girlfriend or something and they put the uh tape into play and all of a sudden it comes to them that they realize really what's going on and everything. So the last the second album, the picture on it was chosen out of pictures from a tomb in Italy. Oh, okay. So that foreshadows that a lot of Ian Curtis's songs foreshadow uh, death as well. And I, I just find that to be very interesting. And also Unknown Pleasures is the, well, I think I kind of referenced this when I introduced the last album, mm. but um, Unknown Pleasures is a graph of an exploding star uh, and the kind of stars implode upon themselves. Yeah, so it kind of foreshadows. Yeah. It's I know I'm I'm, yeah, I'm just yeah. a big fan. So probably most of this is a coincidence. Um, but a lot of what he says in the music and stuff is kind of what I. I appreciate. think there's definitely threads that come together, yeah. especially artistically, when you have a theme that you're going yeah. for. And so I can see that. Yeah, a star imploding on itself. Yeah, that's very poetic. Yeah, and but, I also read that when because of his epilepsy, it got to the point that you know he like he couldn't hold his own child. Yeah. Which I think is, you know, and, and that, I think really, that was really kind of one of the reasons, kind yeah. of why, of course, but, with with the weird stuff with his wife, but kind of yeah. led to the point is he, yeah. he couldn't see himself yeah. being helpful. A I mean, figure. I definitely think he was in an awful situation with the disease. And then, of course, having to then see, you know, it's very, it's very pessimistic. So, I mean, I'm not saying he's pessimistic. It's a very poor outlook when you have to work with people and see all the suffering that they go through and they say, you're going to go through the same thing. Yeah. And I, you know, so I can understand that I, I just didn't. Because when I read things online where it talked about the way, you know, because his wife was like, hey, I think we should divorce because you've started to have an affair with this woman. And he was like, and, and he would like stop paying, like stop hanging out with the group to hang out with this girl. This, uh, yeah, I think it was a reporter, um, yeah, journalist. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know, and so he spent more time with them. They said she, he became vegetarian because the woman he was having an affair with was vegetarian, but he would still eat meat when he was away from her. So it was like, you're not even committed to the woman that you're like you cheating not- <laughs> on for. So I was like, it's it's just crazy. Yeah. It felt like he was like living multiple lives. And they said, I think uh, like the day before he killed himself or something, his wife, he, so he kept the week before he kept writing love letters to the journalist. He kept writing love letters. And then his wife told like at the time was like, you need to stop talking to her or we're done. And then she obviously didn't stop talking. So she's like, okay, we're done. And they lived separately for a little bit. And then she was trying to finalize divorce papers and he reached out to her. And was like, oh, I um, like you know, I'm I'm sorry. I come back, come spend the night with me. And if I remember correctly, she like went over, and by the time she was over, he was like already in a completely different like state of mind. He was like, no, get out of here. I'm. He's like, I'm going over to train with the band right now. He's like, you can do whatever you want. I don't care. And left. And so it's like, I just felt, yeah, you know, he he was. I mean, obviously he's in a rough situation, but I I didn't agree with that. And you know, I don't want to I don't want to sit here for half an hour and just bash one of your favorite artists. You know, <laughs> obviously n- I'm sure none of the people I think of as like high stars you could probably find something about that. And then I definitely yeah I definitely don't want to just be like you're a bad person for liking this band, Declan. Because no. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah they definitely had um good songs. Some of the things that I I kind of wanted to pull out a couple. We're gonna try not to go through like a list of the entire songs anymore. Yeah just to make things shorter for you. We know these podcasts get a little long. So well, we know you've been really enjoying yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're, if you're this far, you must have really liked it. So maybe we <laughs> should stick with the old format. There's a couple different, or should I go through like my pull out or do you want to? Um, why not? Why not? I go. Okay. I think the first one I wanted to talk about was disorder, which was the first one off the mm-hmm. album. I thought that one definitely grew on me the most out of all the songs that one or yeah, let me talk about the tone, actually. Of that. Um, so, yeah, very dystopian. We mentioned that earlier about his outlook, very dim, grim. So, yeah, very, and it has, you know, these, very similar to, like, The Cure, you know, it has the music and the vocals that seem kind of separate of themselves because his voice is so deep and yeah. so clear. It sounds like an announcer's voice, like a sports announcer or something. You know, that's what I kind of, that's what I kind of got from it. <coughs> that it was, you know, very straightforward and passion and not a huge amount of inflection but definitely straight to the point and how the cure was like dystopian in the fact where it was like you kind of felt like you were out of control you were like floating in the abyss mm-hmm. i felt this album was very dystopian in like a terminator kind of vibe where the world's already gone to crap but you have a shotgun and you're going to 
go into the local bar and like you know go crazy or something you know because with like the bottles breaking in the background yeah. and all that ambience that they put in i think definitely adds to that feeling that you're in like some smoke-filled bar just like drinking your your life away or something yeah you know as opposed to just crying in your bedroom over some girl like with the cure you know <laughs> so like this one yeah this one's after your wife and kid have already left you and you're like what have i did you're a grizzled new york cop and you're like what do i do with my life but <laughs> maybe not <laughs> but i thought yeah overall guitar wise yeah very like i was saying experimental very sort of simple rhythms very uh repetitive throughout it which not not like that's a bad thing but it definitely like hammers home that melody yeah. and you know keeps it repetitive and keeps it going and yeah some things aren't i feel yeah i felt like some things were kind of hit or miss some things definitely were like oh yeah that's a weird melody but it you know it's sticking with me and i appreciate it um while other ones i, I felt were like oh i don't know if that was really the best choice uh for that solo that you did or like they yeah i was like it felt a little like yeah too simple or maybe it, you know but you know that's the whole point of being experimental is that not everything is going to work not everything's going to yeah, stick yeah. it's just about changing your point of view about the art and i think that's really what they accomplished with this album but i think disorder was the first track i wanted to talk about i thought that one yeah grew on me the most i think it was the most i think I it was think very interesting popular song yeah oh well um, off that album yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh i thought that one was really good um can She's Lost Control was actually, I think, my favorite song off that entire album. Yeah. I think that one was really good. I think that one was the the most definite, like, confident song on the album. Like, it was the most, like, yeah. put together everything. Nothing felt like it was like, oh, we'll see if it works or not. It's like everything was like this. We know it's works. We know it's good. And that's, um, it all yeah. went together very well. And Real quick, by any chance, did you watch the music video of She's Lost Control or the, the live performance on MTV? No, I did not watch it. You should it. really watch right, it. It's, it's really this. cool because uh, Ian Curtis he like dances like epileptic in the oh. whole thing which is really it's really odd but it, it doesn't look natural and also <laughs> I, I bet you saw pictures of ian when you were doing like yeah yeah he like doesn't look healthy at all and it oh, kind of yeah. gets that their their whole band has that vibe of that you're kind of been talking about yeah yeah um i thought shadow play had the best guitar on it yeah had probably yeah the best solos i thought that sounded the best again like not too experimental or too just like let me bounce around these like three notes for a little bit um it felt the more i talk the more i sound i feel like i'm saying like i like things to all sound the same i don't like anything new i only like i only like the same four led zeppelin songs and that's it or something <laughs> no but I, I felt that one was the most compelling and i think i think i said wilderness was my least favorite song off the album i think that one he had the most the voice i think sounded yeah. that one if i remember correctly was the most repetitive of the things I didn't like. Okay, yeah, repetitive, yeah. and then, like, the voices and the noise, like, like the dissonance. And so I think if it's going, it obviously is going, I think, to kind of, you know, make you, not to make you feel happy. It's not an album to, like, yeah, really, not. it's not an album that, you know, you're going to put on your, on the way to school or something with your kids in the back or something, you know, it's not, uh, it's not uplifting. It's, and so I think, I think they really accomplished that. I think it was really a piece of work that probably demonstrates the mindset that at least Ian Curtis was going through at the time of yeah. all the different things going on in his life, the the complex nature of it and how it's like hard to you know, yeah, hard to feel control over certain things yeah. and how you can feel like just kind of angry at the world without and it's a way of expressing it without just having your rock just be like, you know, like heavy metal of like three chords just being like i hate yeah, yeah. i hate the earth i hate everything and so i definitely do think it's a good piece of art i think it's def it definitely changed the world changed the music uh, i think even the killers got their name from a a joy division music maybe it was a new order music video it was probably a new order because joy division didn't make too many music videos. it was probably a new order if i remember correctly, it was a new order music video and on the bass drum the name was the killers of the band that was playing in the music video. Oh, really? That's so that's cool. how they got the name. That was like my first, I think, <laughs> exposure to my first exposure to New Order. So overall, uh, I'd say probably I'm, I'm I'm thinking light six. Oh no no no, no heavy six to light seven. 
Okay, um, yeah, yeah, that's probably right. You know, so like I said, uh, not something that I would personally go back to, but I definitely appreciate the thing that, that it's done. And I think if you're definitely into that kind of music, it's worth a listen. Um, like if you're if you like some of the alt rock and like harder stuff that's kind yeah, of come yeah. since then, I think it's definitely yo. Know, if you just like being sad, yeah. <laughs> One thing I really want to uh, well, I kind of wanted to add because you brought up New Order, and of course, mm-hmm. like we kind of talked about what led to the transition because I believe within four years of of Ian Curtis's death New Order was performing at MTV um, for Blue Monday I believe so it's really cool because I I personally felt that there was a very there was a great transition to New Order because looking back and I was thinking about this the other day because I have nothing else to do and Mm -hmm. I just think about the philosophy of new order and joy division but their music video for atmosphere which is kind of one of their more important more um famous songs on their next album in that Mm -hmm. music video it's really weird they're like people in robes with pluses and minuses on them i believe and during that there are pictures of ian curtis that are being brought around by you know how there's those um creatures from star wars that have the big thing with the wheels in the Mandalorian, it's that the creatures, and they, the creatures, and they take apart all the ships. Oh, the Jawa. Yeah, Jawas? yeah, yeah, yeah. They're basically like Jawas, and they carry around like this picture, multiple pictures of Ian Curtis around. <laughs> and it, and it, that song makes a lot of sense for that because it's a great, it's one of their more happy esque songs, more I guess you could say fulfilling songs mm-hmm. that they did. And then the transition into New Order, and a lot of the songs are much more upbeat. A lot happier. Oh, and yeah. The cool thing that I would like to hope is that if Ian Curtis didn't have that path down, this is the kind of music he would have wanted to do. And I feel that that's kind of where the band, that's where the band ended up going. So that's yeah. kind of where they did want to yeah. go. So that's, I always think about that whenever like I get sad listening to Joy <laughs> Division is that there were happier times yeah. with New Order. I would, um, I would definitely like to start listening to some of New Order's stuff. Yeah. Maybe I'll give you an album. One thing that I definitely thought while I was listening to it was that it sounded kind of rudimentary when I was yeah. listening to it. Like, it's, like I was talking about the building blocks. Like I sounded like, to me at least, I was like, oh, they have good ideas and stuff. It just needs to be, you know, yeah. as a guy with no real history playing uh, <laughs> or being a huge performer, what it kind of sounded like to me was that, yeah, like they had the ideas, but they just needed to like workshop it a bit more and get it into a place. And of course, maybe that's me being a bit like, you know, just need, it needs to be more consumer friendly or something. And yeah. obviously that's not, I'm I'm sure they probably had people there telling them the same things, but that's yeah. obviously not what they wanted to create. And when I looked it up, they were all very young when they made that. Because what was, it was Ian, 22? Yeah, probably So, about. yeah, very young and, you know, very early in their musical careers, at least. So I definitely would like to see how they grew as musicians. Because I felt at least that, like, some of the guitar, well, I did like the guitar in it. I don't know if I felt like it was really technically very challenging. I felt like it was... They were kind of, it, it sounded like yeah. they're kind of either working within like someone's limit, which, yeah, I don't know anything about the guitar, so I don't want to, you know, be insulting him. Yeah. It, or, I mean, maybe that was, again, what they're going for, just a simple, simplicity was their goal in the end. Yeah, it sounded like it was a group that definitely was started and had like the right ideas, and I would have liked to see it develop more. Yeah, the, the cool thing about Joy Division, especially comparing to the time frame, is like you said, they, they started after a Sex Pistols concert. Mm-hmm. And the other major band at the time was The Clash. Mm-hmm. And coming from, those bands are very simple songs. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. You could like, pick up a guitar. Probably have, and them have the same three chords. And then, you know. <laughs> yeah, so the cool thing is, while we think it's so much more rudimentary because we keep it at the level that in, that they kind of inspired, yeah. is they, they really brought that, like, music should probably not, should be more than three chords, or yeah. it should sound a little bit better than you just screaming yeah. through a microphone, <laughs> which is cool to think about, um, and it's cool to think they really inspired, like, other, like, sister groups, well, not sister groups, but groups at the time, like the Smiths and the Cure, kind of pushed them, and then down the line, like, everything yeah. was the, really influenced by those building Yeah, it really shows the difference between, you know, bands like The Clash, which, you know, they want you, like, chanting your song, yeah, and bands like Joy Division, where it's they don't care about again yeah the cons, the consumer friendliness of yeah. the album they don't care about it just being something that you know they they want to create an impact an emotional impact and yeah. vision and so yeah i definitely think they probably impacted the world more than they knew they would do you think actually side note do you think joy division would be 
as big or as influential if Ian Curtis did not have uh, killed himself. Had to not killed himself. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because the main thing is New Order also became very famous. So I think. Yeah. I think. That Do you think it would have had? Because I feel like Joy Division definitely has sort of like a, like, like a vision, following or it has a like, cult following. It kind of has this like haze around it like it like it seems yeah. like it's lifted up a little bit because you know when people like jim morrison like jim morrison died like the doors were great but it's like the doors jim morrison 27 club jimmy hendrick you know when you have young people die it definitely immortalizes their music and it becomes not to say they weren't great yeah. artists but it, i feel like it automatically kicks them up a notch i i i agree for that in general i have a feeling that i wouldn't put joy division on that level yeah because i i never got that feel with joy yeah. division and I I heard about New Order before I heard about Joy Division, yeah. so I I didn't know that one of the guys died and that's what led to it. Yeah, but, like I feel, yeah. um, like as an like bit of like a test group, I feel like John Lennon definitely has this haze around him, or, or like this this vision, yes. this aura where yeah. you go, oh, he's a musical genius. He was you know, you know, peace loving, crazy guy. You know, like absolutely like visionary. But Paul McCartney since he's like lived this long, isn't yeah. kind of seen, I don't well, think he's seen as like a, yeah, hot take. Am I, I think, real, sorry to interrupt. Am I mic one? I want to like, you're mic one. Yeah. So to, uh hot take. I think the reason why he's not liked as much is because he made that one Christmas song, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I understand what you're saying. And I totally agree. A little bit side note. I don't know if John, John Lennon was definitely better than Paul, but I like, I would say, I think it depends. I think obviously there are songs Oh, that's tough because now that you say that, I do think of a lot of John songs. I like. I think they were both, of course, both weird, vital for the Beatles. Vital for the Beatles. You know, they had so added so much. I think John definitely had the more technical skills because you know Paul McCartney yeah. can't even read sheet music. He, um, yeah, he, which I think is just the funniest thing ever that you can can become one of like the largest bands in the world and you can't read sheet music. And it's you know not obviously because like no one he didn't have the means to. He just chose. He's like, no, I just tell me what chords. I'll play the chords. And, you know, and he played bass like crazy, too. But yeah. I definitely feel, especially with the assassination, since it was an assassination, like when people yeah. are, because, you know, George Harrison, you know, even though that he was like the quiet beetle and kind of stayed out of the, yeah. the limelight a lot, you know, everyone it, everyone knows he's like a great guitarist, uh, yeah, great guitarist, uh, great, musician, great musician yeah. all around, but he died of cancer, and I feel that that was kind of like, you know, um, yeah. not a huge thing. But when you die in some kind of um, exorbitant yeah. way or some fantastical way it's added so much especially because the killer of john lennon was just so crazy you know he had so many i don't know if you've looked into I, that I, all. I have not he yeah. i could talk about i mean just talk about it yeah okay, okay. Well. he um it was something where the guy was crazy and it essentially boiled down to he read the catcher in the rye and became so like fed up with his life he like moved from or he flew away from hawaii already he had so many crazy things like in his mind i i did some research on it but i don't know how much is like actually true or people just make up but there was something about like him believing that he had like little people in his head that would tell him what to do or whatever. Yeah, I had um, that too. <laughs> oh shit! <dude. laughs> Jeff and John. Oh, only two. Dang. Uh, well, sometimes Jerry comes by. Oh, all Jays. Look at that. <laughs> but he, yeah, he was like had this crazy thing where like people would tell him what to do, and then he like married. Oh, that's not really relevant. <laughs> he married someone that was just like he knew for like a week or something. I don't know. Already he was just kind of crazy. He read Catch in the Rye. He got so worked up by he got so worked up by Catch in the Rye that he like he saw himself as the main character. But the whole thing is about Catch in the Rye is the main character is like an asshole. Like you don't want to be the main character. Yeah. And so he then sees John Lennon making all these songs after the Beatles, and he's like, "Oh, you're like, I think if I remember correctly, he was saying like you're essentially defacing the Beatles by making music after it." And when he made like the imagine, when he made Imagine, he said he thought it was like way too preachy and was like so angry at him. And he went and he actually, I think, stood outside the building uh, John, where John Lennon's apartment was before and said hi to him earlier in the day. But then when he came back, yeah, he shot John Lennon and had a copy of Catch in the Rye with him. And he just like sat down and started reading Catch in the Rye outside. And because he thought for some reason that once he did that, his like life goal would be complete and his like body would just be absorbed into the book. So complete nutcase. That's why you like, don't do drugs. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, you either do drugs and you end up like John Lennon or you do drugs and you end up like the guy that killed John Lennon. So you're really running a risky line. Um, That's the spectrum of drug use. Yes. <laughs> but we digress. I think... I've said everything I wanted to say about Joy Division. Um, would you like to move on to Modest Mouse now? I would love to. Yes. Great. So, 
Kieran, you gave me good news for those who love bad news by Modest Mouse. And I have to tell you, this is easily a 10 out of 10 album. Really? Yes. Oh, I'm so, I'm, I feel bad, especially. I'm glad I went first. <laughs> I would hate to have to say that I didn't really like the Joy Division album after that. I'm, yeah. ve I'm very glad you thought it was a 10 out of 10. I was giving yes. you this in mind, thinking that it would not be a 10 out of 10 album for you. I was thinking, I was thinking, I was like, we should start getting, trying to get some negative reviews in here. I'll, I'll give you a, something that I like, yeah. but I didn't think you would like. But tell me about it. I'm excited. Yeah. So I had definitely had heard some of these songs off the album just from listening to the radio over yeah. the years. So I, some of them were familiar, some were not. Mm hmm. But I really did like this album. Be one of the main things was it was written as an album. It was very fluid. The transitions were perfect. And there were also just many things that showed continuity within the album, which stuck out to me and their musical talent mm -hmm. so well. Because many times people write songs not in order of the album. And you can tell that, okay, this song is good and it works well here. And these are like a subset. These work well together. But then the next song doesn't work out great. Like after that, the transition isn't good. A lot of album, a lot of artists, which we've kind of gotten to know through mm -hmm. the radio, is they leave 10 seconds of white space before <laughs> and after so that the transition, the album is fluid in a sense. But then when you're listening to it, you're just like, okay, like, where's the yeah. music? So when I was listening, sorry to jump back to Joy Division, The Candidate, that song has yeah. like a bunch of white space in, or yeah. blank space in front of it. And every time, I'd get to that song, I'd think I'm like, is, are my earbuds not working? And then I'd be like, oh yeah. no, just, I have to wait. But It's funny, I listen to a, this one podcast and there's always white noise in it for like a minute <laughs> in between their ads that are throughout the whole thing. And I think, why? There has to be someone editing this that sees what's going yeah. on. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so other notes, some of the songs le uh, reference the other songs. I believe the one song that starts with the B. Bukowski. Yeah, Bukowski references the title of the album. Yeah, I believe, which is it, it's just so unique. Uh, all those aspects. Oh, also one of the cool, really, th really cool things that sticks out is if I can, I'm trying to pull up the album on my <laughs> computer, but one of the really cool things is they have, dig your grave, bury me, and then devil's work day, and yeah. satin in a coffin, like. There's consistent themes within the titles, but then also there's the theme of the ocean yeah. and the ocean, the salty air is referenced in other songs. Yeah. It's really, really cool how it all ties together. So that was really it. I kind of want to talk about some of the songs that stuck out to me and kind of had general yeah. themes. And I have an alarm going off <laughs> on my phone uh, and my life's going totally well. Um, so... Yeah, first thing I liked basically all of the songs. Least favorite were was just dance hall probably. Yeah, yeah. I How like, long is that song? It's because that's it's only less than three. It's less than three. That's the one where he just like shouts dance hall, dance, dance hall. hall yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but first, I like to talk about world at large. First real song off the album. Mm -hmm. Great song. I definitely heard it beforehand. Really? Okay. Yeah. I really like that song. I like, sorry, you go. Yeah, I really like that song. Uh, the guitar is perfect. The lyrics are great. Tone is awesome. Very smooth, relaxing. One of the things, also talking about to the continuity of the album, is you have World at Large starting off, references then the main song on the album, Float On. Well, I would say main song because it's probably their most popular. Yeah. But it, it, it kind of weans your way into Float On. Then it's, it's yeah. still not max. It goes like harder, then gets pretty max close to kind of the energy you want during like kind of dance hall and bury me like yeah bury me is definitely like high and like they're kind of more screaming yeah yeah but then you have the interlude and you have blame it on the tetons and then it kind of mellows back yeah. out and it's really like a trip in itself listening to the yeah, album which is really yeah. really cool i think the softer songs on the second half of the album are some of my favorites yes i think those ones really I think the first, some of the songs throughout it, I think definitely give off the vibe that it's like, the, what the album feels like me is like, <laughs> this is how I make music, dad. And it's, you know, <laughs> very, um, yeah, blasty and very, like, for example, dance hall, where it's, again, the idea where they say, I don't care about, you know, the consumer vision. I don't care about this. Mm -hmm. I care about making something that I relate and I can feel proud of. And mm -hmm. 
And that's what I really like. I wouldn't be proud of dance. <laughs> I'm just saying that. <laughs> that's fine. But I'm saying it's it's the idea where it's it's contrarian and it's saying yes. You're yep. saying oh you don't like it oh that's cool I don't want you to like it it's yeah. my song yeah um and I think those I think the best mixture of that mentality with the um, musicianship that they've shown for example um world at large is a song that will honestly make me cry when i listen to it i love it so much and it's just like you know since i've uh been listening to this album for so long i identify with it with multiple parts of my life so it's like mm-hmm. when you hear it and especially when you're That's feeling really sad cool, yeah. multiple different sad things come up and you're like oh great but yeah. i think the best blend of the musicianship and this sort of contrarian angsty vibes are the is bukowski which I think is a really yeah, good one um, because it has his, you know, kind of screamy vocals as well as with just a really good overall. Yeah. A really good overall tone and just song as a product. But. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely get that vibe. Um, and I, I, I'm glad we kind of talked about that, that section of the album because I didn't have it totally written down in here. Um, but the next one I want to go into is Devil's Work Day, which is, you would probably be surprised, it's one of the more interesting, interesting songs of the album. Mm-hmm. But I was a big fan of it because it was interesting to see that New Orleans uh, jazz vibe in this album because it doesn't necessarily, if you were to hear World at Large and then Devil's Work Day, yeah. it does not make much <laughs> sense at all. But it's very unique how they roped it in and kind of shows their musical talents, their musical taste which I thought was very interesting. Also kind of going back to the idea of that's an important segue from Bury Me to Devil's Work Day to Satin in a Coffin, which is really cool. Yes. Yeah. That whole section, I think, I think this album was really instrumental in like, you know, just the music I got into when I was younger. You know, I heard, probably heard Float On on some iHeartRadio or something. Then I started to listen to all. I remember when I first started listening to him, I I thought, I listened to his voice. I think I mentioned this on our very first podcast, but I said, who would ever feel proud about singing like that? Yeah. Who would do it? And then it just grew on me so much. And I think it's one of those things where I'm, I mean, I'm not, yeah, I, I acknowledge it's weird and I acknowledge that it's, you know, I, I get very, you know, where I'm like, you know, you might not understand, you know, you don't understand my tastes, but I'm, I'm very glad uh, you liked it. So what did you think about his vocals? Was it a similar thing where it grew on you and you were against Honestly, it? Honestly, from first listen, I really liked it. Oh, um, I, cause I kind of had some experience with Modest Mounts and hearing, mm-hmm. didn't they have a song? It's like the roof is on fire at one point. Uh, oh, lampshades on fire. I know lampshades on fire. Oh, separate. Um, I think maybe, maybe I'm thinking of another band. But I, I do like Lampshades on Fire. I do like a lot of their songs, and I kind of knew that I would be expect. I kind of expected some of those, yeah, those kind of songs. But real quick, I do want to talk about my favorite song off the album, "The View." Yeah. So I thought "The View" was kind of the best mix because it had okay. It starts off kind of with that rough edge of the Bukowski, but then the chorus is so soft, and the lyrics throughout are. Awesome. So I wrote some lyrics down just so we can maybe talk about them. So oh. this is from the chorus. So it's like, as life gets longer, awful gets softer, and it feels pretty soft to me. If light's not beautiful without the pain, well, I'd just rather never ever see beauty again. Yeah. Uh, we are fixed right where we stand. Like, kind of, like those aren't in order. Those are from yeah, different yeah. parts. But it kind of talks about how the... Fixed where we stand, it talks about how there's some people are born someday and then they die, like others die that same day. We try to go for every good deed, there's a bad deed that happens. Yeah. yeah. And which I thought was interesting because usually I like to have a positive lookout on the world, but mm-hmm. that did not. And then those lyrics from the chorus with like the pain and the awful, as life gets longer, awful feels softer. It, those, those lyrics have been ringing in my head for yeah. the past like week. It's good that you brought up that song. It's been a long time since I've listened to that one. Yeah. I definitely, uh, yeah. I, World I, at Large kind of has similar vibes with yeah. the lyrics and stuff like that. But I think that is definitely a good mix, and I'm glad you brought that up. I, I'm I'm very surprised that this album can contain, you know, so many dynamic things. And I think, yeah, his lyrics are just so, they're so weird on some hand, on some tracks. Yeah. And they're, they definitely seem, you're like, oh, there's no correlation. There's no meaning behind it. And other ones, it's just like, you're like, what? what's going on in your mind? You know, what, yeah. um, what are these things you're trying to say? 
And yeah, yeah, for its the view, I just looked at the lyrics as you were reading them, and I think you definitely picked out the best ones from it. Um, and I, when I would listen to this album, it was always, um, uh, you put, I, I would put it in my CD player, and I would play it, and I would go to bed, and sometimes I would wake up during dance hall, because it's very loud, <laughs> I'd wake up, dance hall, dance hall, and then as we got to the later half of the album, I would still be kind of awake, and I'd be listening to it, and yeah, you're sitting there in this dark room, and you're looking around, and you know, you're just kind of a little kid. You're, I mean, you're, just, you're in sixth grade, so you feel like you're on top of the world. <laughs> you know, you feel yeah, yeah, yeah. you feel like you're as mature as you're gonna get. And you're listening to the song, and it's yeah, essentially, it gives it gives off the feeling, at least, that it's like you know, yeah, life's gonna be okay. What's gonna is gonna happen yeah. is gonna happen, and you know, nothing's perfect. And but it's like it's it comes down to being confident and I think that's also echoed it like in the way that they produced the album and you know his mm -hmm. vocals and what tracks he chose to put on and I think this one was one of the first albums I listened to that was definitely as you said manufactured as an album especially in the way the tracks flow together the intros the interlude Milo I remember that yep um and that opening trumpet from the intro oh, yeah, is yeah. so for me, at least, it's so ingrained in my mind. Yeah. Because yeah, every time I hit play, that's what would start. Um, yeah. For cool. years, <laughs> really impactful for me. Oh, I want to listen to it right now, dude. Um, like talk do you, more. Do you have an album like that? Sorry to interrupt. Do you have an album that where it's like you so listen to like nonstop? I I was thinking about that, and to be honest, for some reason, I think I can't remember because I totally do, but I can't remember it at the moment, which is yeah, scary. Yeah. Which is really scary because I'm trying to think like what's going on that I yeah, don't. I want to. I want to find. I don't. I yeah. I really hope you have a childhood album. I think it's probably the um, water that's destroying my brain in the school. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the fluoride, dude. It's yeah, killing the, you. Yeah. I would definitely encourage you to find it and listen to it because I'd yeah. love to talk to you about that. I and hope. Like I think disintegration as vibes, disintegration from disintegration. I re, like distinctly remember like petting my dog and listening to that. Yeah. And but. There, there definitely are. I love the like. There's probably some killer songs that bring up vibes like that to me. And have you? There's a one, uh, Nine Inch Nails song that Johnny Cash sings, oh, like in the cover. Hurt? Um, I think yeah, Nine Hurt. Inch Nails covered yeah. it from Johnny Cash. Do I have that oh, backwards? Really? I'm no. I think you have it backwards, because uh, I I'm like totally certain because my dad went to the Johnny Cash museum. And um, he told me that. But um, that song I'll cry watch listening to that song. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely certain things, but I, I don't feel it any, like, which is weird, which I, I used to, but I, I don't feel anything anymore. I am emotionally barren. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm emotionally sorry. barren. I just, it's, uh, escaping me at the moment. I was simultaneously reacting, reacting to you saying that and also looking up to find out that Johnny Cash did, in fact, cover the Nine Inch Nails, <laughs> which I thought was so crazy because it sounds... I've been bopping like to that song. I, I made a sad playlist, and it's on my sad yeah. playlist. Um, <laughs> one of my friends sent me a picture one day, and he may or may not have been uh, under the influence of marijuana at the time, but he told me he took a picture of himself, and he has a tear running down his face, and it's, you know, like, fully real, and he said, he's like... You know, I was just smoking and then Hurt came on the radio. He's like, you know, I didn't mean to cry, but I just had to. You know, yeah. it's such a such a sad song. But. Yeah, no. Talk more to like how you got introduced to the album and kind of the influence it had on you. For it has this album. Mouse, yeah. yeah. Um, so it was definitely, like I said, um, yeah, I heard a track on the radio. Um, I remember I started telling my my parents, when I was like, yeah, I started listening to Modest Mouse. And my mom's like, oh, yeah, okay. I, I What I learned... I, I learned later was that a lot of times when, you, when you're young and you say, oh, I started listening to this band to an older person, they're just going to say, oh, yeah, because they don't want to talk to you about the album and they're going to pretend that they know it. So a lot of times I'd mention a band to somebody and they'd be like, oh, that's cool. And then later I'd talk to them and they're like, I have no idea who this is. And I'm like, oh, this song? And they're like, yeah, I don't know. Um, huh. So I talked to them about my parents and my parents don't know, didn't know who Modest Mouse was, but they're like, oh, that's cool, Karen. <laughs> Tell me yeah. more. And I was like, oh. <laughs> not like that's a bad thing you know that's, it made me feel cool for the time um but they got me like yeah this cd um for my probably seven how old was it in seventh 2012 grade 2012 was 13 grade. yes i think i was turning 13 so, in seventh grade because the end of 2012 was yes I, that sounds about yeah, right yeah because for us sixth grade because i remember 
the way I remember middle school years is because in sixth grade, it was 2012, because I remember sixth grade lunch on the day that the world was supposed to end and everyone was like talking about it. That's how I remember <laughs> it. Funny. And then I'll base it off of that. Going back. What day forward. was the world supposed to end? I believe it was December 21st, uh, 2012. Oh, okay. Um, based on the Mayan calendar. But. Mine's but, got it wrong. Yeah. I hate, hate to tell, but. Uh, <laughs> Spoiler nice, alert. Nice try, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, had us in the first half. I ain't gonna lie. Um, yeah. So, yeah I li- so, yeah, I would listen to it nonstop. And it was just something because I think this album was definitely never for me anything other than like a bedroom album. Like mm. some albums I would take into the car and listen to me with yeah. and some, yeah, when I got like my iPod and stuff, well, when I got my iPod, I never put Modest Mouse on it. And then I would only listen to it. Um, like, and even when I got like my iPhone and I could get, you know, whatever music I want, I, I, I didn't even have it saved to my Spotify library until like this week, but I have, I have playlists with songs from the album on and songs from different ones. And I have, I have a playlist called like good modest mouse songs where I filtered it all out, um, which is probably, that's kind of probably the backside to having streaming is that, you know, when albums are built together, you know, you, you dissect them a lot when you make playlists. Yeah. And I think that's a problem I ran into. That's um, kind the, of the purpose of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It looks like, look how it all ties back. Um, so yeah. Wait, we're on a podcast right now. <laughs> Yo, there's microphone. Do you have a microphone on me right now? <laughs> I just wanted to talk I'm about albums. Up. I'm up. <laughs> what if you had an entire podcast series that was filmed while someone just had a wire under their jacket? The other person didn't know. They thought it was just a normal conversation, but you just recorded it. Yeah. Do you know what, what's funny is um, at one point, Trump's like old attorney had a mic on him. And it, there, it came out on the news. And then the other day, Giuliani started a podcast. And I was thinking <laughs> it would be so funny if Giuliani wore a mic around and that's how he interviewed people on his podcast. <laughs> like, that would be hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you probably have had it in your Spotify library longer than I have. Yeah. <laughs> of the song. Maybe, of this yeah. album, which is crazy. Because it's, like, it's something that's so distinct to me. And I still remember, like. Yeah, some songs have faded in my memory, but I feel like I could still sing most of them. I would know most of the lyrics when I'm hearing the song. Yeah. They all have such an emotional impact and giving you a wave of nostalgia that hits you. Going, going. I'm I'm very happy that this album was is that album for me. You know, I think it's it's such a collection of you know, things that I I, I think it's definitely set things that like, you know, I strive for, you know, about being like you want to put your artistry first. Yeah, and then and like so it's like sure you can do something that's going to be great. Like Float On is still to this day one of their most commercially successful songs. You know, people yep. when I m- mention how I'm like the biggest Modest Mouse fan, I'll talk. Other people will come up to me and be like, "Oh, um, I love Float On," and I go, "Oh, do you know like and do you know the rest of that album?" You know, not trying to be a, you yeah. know a jerk about it, but just trying to keep conversation. And yeah, they always go, "Oh no," and that's like it. Yeah, you're like okay, and then it'll play at you know swim meets I go to, so all the things, and yeah. then. It's very ironic because, you know, I'm such a big fan of them and I really have only listened to their uh, most recent three albums. I think, actually, they have some older albums which are all weird and I think kind of start to sound the same. And you can see those influences that you see in their later three, but I think good news for people who love bad news and We Were Dead Before the Ship even saying it was kind of showing what I was talking about with how with Joy Division they have to build. Like, I felt like they had to build towards something and do it and uh, I guess New Division was what that was for the rest of the musicians in the band. New Order, New Order. Uh, yeah, my bad. New <laughs> Order. Um, I feel like that's what they were building towards were those two albums. Because I think especially aesthetically, they've cha- they changed so much. Because the first ones were all kind of weird. And it was definitely they're doing, like like I was telling you, where they're being country. And they're like, we're just going to do the music we want to do. When they hit those two, they really cranked up. <laughs> they distilled what was good about their old stuff. Oh, yeah. And they put it into these two albums and but the problem was was that when they did that they de- i think they definitely caught the high of being commercially successful and yeah. i think the lineup has changed various times uh, yeah i don't think we mentioned this last time but johnny marr was a part of uh yeah. Mar- for uh, a short period of time well i think about seven years so a, a pretty sizable amount of time actually so it was actually the album right after this one so i guess this mm. one inspired okay. inspired him uh influ- i mean i think they worked together mixing tracks and then yeah, they're just like, oh, why don't you just play it with us? And he's like, okay, but I think they definitely got that high, and that led them to "Strangers to Ourselves," 
I think. I definitely like the songs off of it, but it definitely feels more watered down than their earlier ones. And there are still good ones, but like Lampshades on Fire, it's good, but it's so it's good because it feels like it's again trying to be kind of mainstream and be the song that's going to be yeah. their hit single. Uh, and then there's like, yeah, and it, it felt, and then like because of that, then I felt like they put one on that was like super weird, just like balance it out, like you know, yeah. it felt like it felt when you have like an umpire and you know you call a strike and you're like, oh, that probably should have been a strike, so I'll call a ball no matter what the next one is, and then you start trying to like even it out, even though, and then you're not even paying attention to what the strikes are. So yeah, they're not even paying attention to like what they actually want to make. They're just like, I'll do one for you, one for me, one for you, one for yeah. me. And I definitely some of the criticism I've seen about their recent because they've just released a couple singles over the past six or seven months. Okay. I know people have said that it just sounds too much like they, they're like now it's just watered down David Burns, you know it's weird, huh. but it's not. Um, it's not the Modest Mouse they knew, and so, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna keep listening to them, and I would love to see yeah. where the music goes. You know, obviously, I want to see. I should probably actually start going back further. That girl down on the, my floor that I mentioned, she's a huge Modest Mouse fan of the earlier stuff. Oh, really? I think okay. I mentioned this uh, when we first met. I have some, yeah some artwork That's of right. Modest yeah, Mouse yeah, yeah, on my yeah. walls. It, Both yeah, just albums like, that we were just referencing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a painted version of them. I had a close friend do that. But she saw those and we're like, oh, you're a Modest Mouse fan. I'm like, yeah. And then we talked about it for a little bit. Or I don't know if she even saw them. We just brought it up outside because she was like, oh, yeah, but I only like their old stuff. And like, she's like, yeah, I hate everything like good news and on. Like, and I was like, oh, that's like the only stuff I listen to. And so I felt <laughs> kind of bad because, yeah, once that's she would come really in, if she were to come to my room, she would see that I have the albums on my wall because yeah. I like them so much. So. Yeah, I didn't know she was into that much of music and stuff like that. Yeah, she does uh, she, have a good music. Yeah, she yeah, actually. Um, yeah, I've gotten a couple. Uh, we definitely have some interest to get some people. Uh, yeah, tra- I'll, to transition from that. Um, one thing that Declan and I had been thinking about for this podcast is that maybe every uh, couple weeks or so we'd have a friend come on and they would give an album that they feel very strongly about. Then both Declan and I would listen about it and come back and talk to the person. Yeah. And so, of course, as music heads like we are, we have a lot of friends with strong opinions about music. But I think one good, uh, great thing about it is I kind of like the tangent I just went on about, like, you know, the emotional history I have with yeah. good news. And I'd love to hear that about people with other albums. Yeah, and, albums, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, you know, a friend that's really big into Mac Miller and a friend down in UMBC who I think he's kind of the most, like, indie person I know. Oh, yeah. Um, he, I think, has like a Joy Division shirt that he'll wear. So I, I think he definitely nice. Uh, nice. see your side more on yeah. Unknown Pleasures. And but that way, as listeners, you'll probably get a more a broader range of music address. Yeah. So that way, Declan and I aren't just giving like the same. You know, I, I don't give him three Modest Mouse albums, and he gives me you know four Clash albums, and then you know it's just the same yeah. stuff back and forth. But so that at least you know any blind biases about yeah. music choice and can especially be. Especially since like I don't listen to rap. We, yeah. Neither of us listen to classic rock. Yeah, I so, mean, it's. I think for us, it's gone to the point where classic rock is like, we listen to. I for me at least, I've listened to it so much growing up that like I got to move past it. Yeah, and now I, when I listen to it, I like, like I definitely enjoy it and like it. But when I listen to it, I feel like it's fake. Like we're just trying to be like, oh look how cool we are because we listen yeah, to classic rock. My, I never listen to classic. My dad listens to the same music I listen to. Oh yeah, yeah, which yeah. is kind of weird. Um, one thing I do want to add, I am not emotionally barren when it comes to music because I <laughs> realize the one song that has the most um, impact on me is Yellow by Coldplay. Oh, okay. I remember my brother singing it in the cars, <laughs> like back with my dad's like old, old BMW. And when we, my dad and I saw uh, Coldplay live at MetLife and like it was, it was a trip and yeah. a half. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's one song. Well, I'll no, try, to, I'll try to find the rest when <laughs> I try to find the rest of my history yeah. of my life. It's like um, Jason Bourne, but with music. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's what Jason Bourne is about. Uh, close enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> A lot more killing, but pretty much <laughs> you got the basic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I think probably now is a good time to transition into giving each other our albums for next week. Yes. Um. So I went first for giving my album. Would you like to give go first for giving? Yes. Album? So when. Fun fact about Kieran and I is at the time of this recording, we recorded our, well, we did our first radio show earlier this week, and one of the bands that I played had a song called April Skies, and April Skies was from Jesus and the Mary Mary Chain, and it was off their album, which I'm trying to find so I can pronounce it correctly. It was called Darklands. And 
I had listened, I, well, I had watched a documentary on Amazon for just out of the blue. It was like one night and I didn't want to go to sleep. So I just put this documentary on and it was very interesting. A lot of bands that I had never heard of, but I, I loved the music and stuff. So this is a band that's new to me. I've listened to the album at least three times. Mm -hmm. I do like a lot of the music. I was listening to it today. And yeah. your dad had referenced that he had heard it first in this station, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is very, very cool. So I wanted to send it over to your, your way to see what you think. All I right. think you will like it. It'll probably not be a 10, maybe an 8. That's my prediction. Uh, I'm so, more than, yeah. I'm 1987 interested. has very cool vibes. Did you ever watch uh, Stranger Things? No. Okay, well, I think you asked me like every episode because you reference it like every episode. Oh, do I? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, because one of their songs, it's not on this album. I think it's on their earlier album or somewhere. Yeah. Their earlier album is called The Upside Down and that's like from Stranger Things. Yeah. But I, it's not from that. I think it's like D&D &D stuff, but it's just like interesting. Okay. But yeah, so that's my, my album for you. I look I, forward I, to I, it. Yeah. So... My album that I chose, so this is a group that I knew, knew the name of, knew the hits. Their hits have been in movies and things, and oh. I... Hmm? I said, oh. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> definitely uh, commercially successful, and I kind of felt that I only knew, like, their hits, and that, of course, when a band were that, I kind of like their aesthetic at least. I'm like, I should at least, you know, listen to the rest of their music. Um, if you just heard any shaking, there's not an earthquake... We are right above where the wrestlers lift their oh, weights. Oh, yeah. That's so, Kieran and I just felt the whole floor <laughs> shake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, so this this group, I uh, went, I just chose one of their albums, or I went to, like, their This Is Us on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I chose a song that I liked, and then I was like, let me listen to this whole album. So, I went to the album, and I listened to the whole thing, instantly fell in love, and let me tell you, I listened to this album so much that it literally was like preventing me from listening to the Joy Division one. Like I, I had oh, to be like, I had yeah. to be like, I had to be like, oh, like, like, Kieran, I know you like this album. You can listen to it whenever you want. You need to listen to Joy Division so you can talk to Declan about it. You yeah, need to work yeah. on it. That's what um, I feel like right before I, I yeah. yeah. I was like, you need, you need to be able to give notes. Um, this group is, um, uh, have you ever heard of Mike D, MCA, and Ad Rock? Otherwise known I, as oh. Beastie Boys? Oh, the Beastie the No way. Okay. Tell me the rest. I yeah. Oh, the the album is called License to Ill. That was the band, uh, mem the the group member name. Right. Uh, so License, License to Ill is their first album in, from 1986, and a a quote that is often said about this album that uh, when I've looked it up, it may, it has some factual uh, inaccuracies. Um, likely, like yeah, licensed to licensed to ill. The story is. Is that apparently when this album first came out, what MCA is one of the group members he he would say in interviews is that Rolling Stone published the review of it with the title Three Idiots Make a Masterpiece." Um, <laughs> That's funny. Since then, uh, I think Rolling Stone. I don't think I think it was a different group that published that uh, report, not Rolling Stone. But they they would say in interviews they they said it so much actually that it's gotten like published in like fun fact books but when you go back to the original review they got like four stars and no one ever said that yeah and i think what i really like about this album of course since you keep saying that you don't listen to rap and hip-hop i'm just gonna keep giving you rap and hip-hop does <laughs> uh, this count as rap and hip-hop yeah yeah oh, really it's like punk punk hip-hop yeah yeah yeah. I so originally they like started as like a punk band and then when they like started being more successful as like hip-hop or like yeah. i think they yeah started liking more that's what they uh, design, uh, went towards and so it's definitely a blend like they have guitar and drums and bass in it but it's it when you listen to it it's clearly hip-hop and i think there's so many funny things about the album and i think i what i like about this the most is that we really when i edited the midnight marauders episode we really ragged on a lot about like modern you know we're like oh yeah modern rap you know it, do, it doesn't have a meaning it, it's you know yeah. it's soulless you know it's you know they're saying stuff about just drugs and chicks and like shooting guns. And we're like, you know, a tribe called quest is so smart because they're being intellectuals. This album is the antithesis of that. There really? is, this album is all about beer, all about shooting guns, all like they rhyme beer, like five different times, like five different times a song in this. Oh my God. But it's but, good. But it is like, again, it's like, I talked about how I liked vampires weekend 
uh, first album because I felt like I could turn my brain off and listen to it. Not in a bad way, but in that it was just relaxing, soothing music that I could listen to. And yeah, I think we learned after that there are some deeper meanings to some of the songs. But since I didn't know it, it was no, you know, yeah. no, uh, no skin off my teeth. Mm-hmm. With this one, again, you turn your brain off and you just want to shout with these songs. And it's, I literally put the, like, you might not find this funny since you haven't listened to the music yet, but I last night I tried to I I fell asleep to the album. I put it on and w- went to sleep to it. That's pretty. Funny. This is not a soothing, a uh, quiet, <laughs> quiet songs. But were you just really tired? Oh, I was really tired, and I just really wanted to hear uh, "Fight for Your Right." But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, we can talk I, about it more. I'm I really like this album. I know some of and it's it's pretty so. short, so I think it'll be a fun one to listen through. Yeah, forty four minutes. But so. Really, really, really interesting story. So every kid has that moment when they find out that their dad's not a square. And for me, I found out this initially. There are multiple stages in which I found this out. First found this out when my dad told me that he's been to bars with the Beastie Boys and has had drinks with them on multiple No way. No way. Yes way. That's actually crazy. My dad since like the age of 14 has been going to bars in New York and <laughs> that's like obviously the best place. To yeah. People like in my the dad, 80s. Oh my God. Yeah. So my dad's seen, so he's seen like the Ramones perform in New York, I think. And he's seen, he's been, he's had drinks with the Beast Boys with my uncle in New York. It's really crazy that what my dad has done. So, Jeez. but I have never listened to Beastie Boy album. Yeah. So, so that I, was me too before this week. And I think this one is, yeah, just a masterpiece of art, and they do have some sampling of some uh, some interesting tracks on there that I think uh, I like. you should look forward to. But beyond that, let's um, kind of wrap it up here. Hopefully, we can edit this down to a more manageable length. We we keep ta- talking about every episode about keeping it short, yeah. and then we Here ramble. And I, on. I've been we have we edit these podcasts so that we don't sound as stupid because we say um every other word. <laughs> so um, we've been trying to <laughs> we've been trying to not say um as much so we don't have to edit as long but this one i feel will probably be pretty long yeah it's gonna be rough either way but we're pretty talking points good yeah i thought this was definitely probably our this is all this will probably be the peak of our podcast yeah i think we should just quit it after next episode (laughs) because we're not we're not gonna they're not gonna find out what we (laughs) we, what we thought about the album yeah so thanks for listening of course be sure to follow us on all platforms for the social media accounts that we don't have Keep on listening yeah. to the podcast. Keep on listening to the podcast. Uh, listen of course, along to the albums. Highly encouraged to listen to the albums at least once before tuning in next time. If you disagree um, with our opinions, send us hate mail. Yeah, let us know. Um, the albums podcast at Gmail. Uh, email us yeah. stuff. Email us album requests. Yeah, do that too. If you want to be on, email us. And if you're in the tri-state area. Even now, we could just Zoom you. Yeah. Or like Skype or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or we'll probably not do that. Um but we'll we'll figure it out. We'll think hey, about it. Hey, if there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. I I love fans. I'd love talking to fans. All right. At this point, we have like zero. But yeah. uh, I think we got one like on SoundCloud so far. So pretty good. Pretty we're good going places. Yeah, my mom listened to it, so you know we're uh, we're rolling dough. I'm sure. Yeah, my my parents pulled it up in the car and then they turned it off. Oh. But they were going. Uh, they were going. They thought they were looking for the radio show. So that's kind of the reason why. But oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sad. That's, that's sad. But of course, yeah. All right. Bye.